So uh, today we're in part five of a series that we're calling You Asked For It. And, and the reason we're calling it You Asked For It is because on Easter, we did this survey and we asked you to tell us what are the topics that you want to hear about. And you told us a bunch of topics and we took the, the top five or six topics and we've created a series on that. So we've talked about how do you know God's will for your life? We've talked about how do you deal with stress, which was the number one most asked for topic, by the way. And, and that's because we're stressed, right? So we all got stressed. And then uh, we've talked about how to, difficult, how to deal with difficult people. And uh, I know that none of you have uh, difficult people in your life, so um, it may not have applied to you. But uh, in case it did, we brought it, okay? We brought it. And then um, last week, we said, how do you deal with all those kids? How do you, how do you raise kids in today's culture? Today, we're going to talk about um, how do you get out of a spiritual rut? How do you get out of a spiritual rut? And, and for all you hunters out there, I'm not talking about deer season, okay? This is not about that. It's a, it's, it's a different kind of rut. We're talking about the, the rut that you find in the highway sometimes. Have you ever driven on a road and, and there's this rut that your, your wheel gets stuck in and it just kind of sucks you in? Have you ever been there before? You ever, you ever felt that? And the only way to get out is to, to jerk it back out. Or you, you got to stay in the rut. You got to stick it out until the rut comes to an end. And that's kind of what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about this rut where we, we, we want to change, but we don't know how to change. It's a, a rut is unproductive behavior that's very, it's extremely hard to change. And what I mean by that is like you love God, you want to serve God, but there's still one or two things in your life that you know if it got better, your whole life would get better. Like if those two things change, your life would change. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's the thing that maybe you don't really want to talk about. It's the thing that you don't want people to know about. But what happens is we try to do it on our own. And so we, we pray to change. We hope to change. We try to change. We, we, we do everything we can to change. And then we fall right back into the same old pattern. Have you ever been there before? Fall right back into it. The same old thing that I don't want to do, but I keep on doing. And so... I want to kind of bring you a little bit of comfort right off the bat to let you know that, that you're not alone. If you feel that way, you're not alone because the, the guy in the Bible who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, one of the, one of the most godly men in the whole scripture, he was in a rut. A lot of the apostles that we, we read about in the scripture were in a rut. Um, Paul said it this way in Romans chapter 7. He said, I, don't, I just don't understand myself. And maybe you felt like that before. I don't understand myself at all because what I really want to do, I, I want to do what's right. I want to do the things that will please God. I want to do what's right, but I, I don't do it. <laughs> I, I don't do it. And, and I, what I end up doing is the very thing that I hate. And I know you've probably been there before. I want to do what's right. Why do I keep going back to the things that I don't want to do? And so... Jason mentioned this earlier. He, he said, if, if, you don't, if you say you don't have a problem, that's your problem. And the way we like to say it here is we've all got issues. And if we could just start today by acknowledging that we've all got an issue, it, our lives will be better if we could just acknowledge that fact first. Acknowledge we've got an issue. And if you say you don't have an issue, then that's your issue. Right? If you think you don't have an issue, that's your issue. So we've all got an issue, and I don't know what yours is. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's an environment that you go to. Maybe it's uh, some friendships. Maybe it's greed, materialism. 
maybe it's a, a secret side of your life that nobody knows about, but we've all, we've all got an issue, and God wants to help us get out of that rut. Come on, somebody. So let me, let me show it to you in Romans chapter 6. Romans 6, Paul, the same guy who was in a rut, the chapter before he's talking about being in the rut, he says, here's the key. Don't let sin control the way that you live. There's, there's that thing or two that keeps popping back up in your life. And when you say you want to get out of the spiritual rut, I think what you're really saying is I want to change. I don't want to keep doing the same things I'm doing. So he says, don't let sin control the way you live. Don't give in to the sinful desires. Don't let any part of your, your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. So he tells us what not to do. Okay, but all right, Paul, what, what, what's the secret sauce? How do, I, how do I not let sin control the way that I live? It's, it's by giving yourselves completely to God. That if you really want the secret, if you really want to know how do I get past the past, how do I get past these things that I keep going back to, it's to give yourselves completely to God. Can I get a witness today? The way we would say it in today's culture is to go all in. You've got to have a moment where you go all in, where you throw everything out on the table, you put it all, you leave it all on the field, right? You're going to give it all you've got, and, and Jesus can't just be on your list, he's got to be the top of your list, so it's this moment you go all in, but the problem is that, that if you don't go all in, you will never experience the fullness of what God has in store for you. What, what we like, I mean, most Christians, we're, we're, we kind of go partway in. It's like taking a walk on the beach. The water's crashing into our, our feet, and we're like, oh, that feels so good. And maybe you go out to your, your knees, but you don't, you don't want to get too far because Jaws is out there. Y'all know what I'm saying? And you're like, I don't want to go. I don't want to get too far out there. And so you just kind of, you just kind of dabbing in it a little bit. You know, you, you don't want to lose control of anything. And that's the way a lot of our Christian walk is, is we're walking on the seashore and we, the, the waves are hitting our feet and it feels nice, but boy, I, I'm not ready to go all in yet. But I want you to notice what happens when you go all in. Paul says it this way. When you go all in, when you give yourselves completely to God, sin is no longer your master. Come on. When you give everything to Jesus, sin is no longer controlling. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. And that's where we want to be. Amen? So the secret is give him all you've got. Go all in. Give him everything. And so um, what I want to do today is I want to show you how to do that. Show you how to go all in. Show you how to leave it all on the table. Leave it all on the field. And if I could use a sports analogy, um, I, I guess the way I would say it is, I'm going to give you the playbook today. But the playbook won't help you if you don't study it and run the plays. Like the coach isn't going to put you in if you just go, oh, this is a bunch of trash. I'm not, no. Like you, you got you to gotta take the playbook and run the play. Or if I was a doctor giving you a prescription and I said, hey, you've, you've got to do this. If you don't do this, it's not going to help you now. So how many of you would do what the doctor says? Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to follow your orders. So I'm giving you a prescription. I'm giving you a plan, a playbook, and it's time to run the plays. Are you ready to run the play? All right, here we go. The first thing we've got to do if we're going to get out of the spiritual rut is cut the excuses. Well, one of these days, you know, one of these days when, when, the, time, when the, the timing's bad, the timing's bad right now. No, no, no. The timing is right. It is, it's the perfect time for you to cut the excuses. 
So uh, we all have something, we all have a reason why we don't want to change. We all have a reason why we, why we decide not to do something. For, for me, you know, I would love to have a six-pack right here. Come on. I would love, I go to the gym, I work out, and I'm like, nothing's happening. Nothing's going on down there. Like, the, but here's the problem. I want a six-pack, but I love food. You know, they say that abs start in the kitchen. I love food too much. I'm from East Tennessee, everybody, and we don't just love food. We love fried foods. We love comfort foods. Oh, man, you know what I'm talking about? We, we just, we fry everything. Everything is fried in the Southeast. You just, every, everything you can imagine. That's where sweet tea came from. You know what I'm talking about? It's just, it originated right there. So we, we love that kind of food, but how many of you know that uh, that six-pack I want is going to turn into a keg if I don't cut some excuses. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's not gonna get better if I don't, if I don't cut the excuses. Not, not only do I, I, do I love food, it tastes so good, but I'm gifted and I'm passionate about it. I went through growth track and I discovered one of my spiritual gifts is eating food. <laughs> not really, that's not one of our spiritual gifts, but if it was, I would, I'd, I'd score high on it, right? So, so that six pack is gonna disappear because I got too many excuses. I like crumble cookies way too much. You know, I like, I, I, I like a little dessert every night, not just every now and then. You know what I'm saying? So here, here's the thing. What I'm trying to say to you today is it's time for some of you to say, May 16th, 2021, I went all in. I gave it all to Jesus. No more excuses. I'm walking out of here different today. My life is behind me. I'm not going to be dictated by my past. Come on, the future is ahead of me. No more excuses. Amen? Yeah. So Jesus, he preached about it. He told a parable in Luke chapter 14. And in this passage of scripture, he's talking about a, a, a man who has this big wedding banquet and he's inviting all the people. And he's kind of giving this idea of what, what it's going to be like We're the, uh, in heaven. We're inviting all these people to heaven, but people are, man, they're coming up with excuses, right? And, and they all begin to make excuses, reasons why they couldn't. They couldn't do it. And the first guy said, well, Jesus, I, I just bought a place down on PK. I, I, I got you know, to get down there, Jesus. I, we, we haven't even slept in it. We just closed on it the other day. I'm, I'm not able to. And I'm, I'm just going to give you some modern day. Modern day, all right? Like, I just bought a field. Or, or the next guy said, I just bought a new bass boat, Jesus. You can't. Come on now. I just got a new set of clubs. I just, whatever it is, whatever the excuse is for us. It's five yoke of oxen back then. I, I got to test them out. I got to try these bad boys. I got a new sports car. Me and the guys are taking it, taking it out today, going to check it out. And the, the other guy said, Jesus, I just got married. But you wouldn't know anything about that, Jesus, because you ain't never been married. So you don't know what I'm going through, Jesus. Um, well, Jesus, what happens when you get married is you can never leave their side. First year of marriage. You always got to be by their side, Jesus. She don't want to be by herself at home. I got to be with my baby, right? I just got, I just got married, Jesus. And he, they're making up all these excuses. Kind of reminds me of the time that Boudreaux got pulled over by the state trooper. Um, Boudreaux was swerving everywhere. The state trooper pulled him over. And uh, he said, Boudreaux, we got a problem. You swerving back there, man. And Boudreaux said, well... He started making all these excuses why he was swerving. And, and the officer, the trooper, said, well, Boudreaux, uh, we're we going to have to give you a breathalyzer. And Boudreaux said, you can't did that. 
You, you, can't, you can't give me no breathalyzer. I'm asthmatic. I might, I might go into an asthma attack right here on the side of the road. He said, well, I'm going to I'm gonna have to give you a, a blood test. He said, you can't did that. I'm a hemophiliac. And I might bleed out. The officer said, well, Boudreaux, I'm getting impatient. If you can't do that, then we're going to have to give you a urine test. He said, well, you can't did that either because I'm a diabetical. You know what I'm saying? I can't be, I can't, I, I'm, it won't read right. I'm diabetic. So finally, he, the officer said, well, Boudreaux, you're going to have to walk a straight line. And he said, I can't did that. I'm drunk. <laughs> Making all these excuses why he couldn't do it, right? It's, yeah, we, we like to make excuses. Well, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. We're making excuses why we can't do some things. Listen, today's the day to just can the excuses. No more reasons why we can't do it. We're, we're going we're gonna to cut it out today in Jesus' name, right? So check this out. Since the beginning of the year, 111 people have given their lives to Jesus Christ here at City Hope. 111 documented salvations right here. That's not just somebody who raises their hand. That is documented on a connection card. That's incredible. And on top of that, 18 people have followed up with water baptism this year. That's incredible. It's so good. Yeah, that's incredible. But when I look at that, I go, man, 111 people have given their lives to Jesus. There's a lot of people who haven't taken their next step yet. They, have, they haven't taken that step of water baptism. And, and I was thinking about that this week. And I came across this scripture. It brought me back to Acts chapter 8. And this is a story of Philip who is he's, um, leading a eunuch to the Lord. Now, a eunuch is somebody who is celibate on purpose. They've decided that they're not going to be married. Okay, And that's what a eunuch is. So they, they came to some water. He's, he's explaining the gospel to this eunuch. And they came to some water. And the eunuch said, hey, look, here's some water. Here's some water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And so I just want to ask the same question to some of you today, maybe who have never been baptized. Maybe you were baptized as a kid. Maybe you're one of the 111 who have given your lives to Jesus this year. And I just want to point out, hey, look, there's some water out in the lobby today. It's, well, it's not the first Sunday, Pastor Ben. I know. God just kind of put it on my heart this week that we needed to be ready to baptize some people today who are going to can the excuses. Hey, there's some water out there. What can stop you from being baptized today? Come on, somebody. What can stop you from going all the way and saying, I'm giving Jesus everything today? Well, I didn't come ready, Pastor. Ben. I don't have my clothes. That's okay. We got clothes for you. Well, I, I don't have anybody to take a picture. We got, we got photographers for you. Well, I didn't bring a towel. We got towels for you. Well, you don't expect me to go home without any underwear, do you? No, we got underwear for you too. We got it all. There's no reason you can't be baptized today. If you, if you agree with me, come on, let's just, let's just say it's time. Let's, yeah, let's can the excuses. We want to celebrate with you what God has done in your life. It's time to take that next step. So um, the, the second thing that I think we need to do if we're going to get out of a spiritual rut uh, and the, the, next, the next line there is to walk away. It's time for some of you to just walk away. You, you need to make the break from your past. You need to make the break from some things that have been going on in, in, in your life. And you need to walk away. And I don't know what that is for you. But it's the thing that you do that you don't want to do. It's the thing you do that you don't want to do. And listen, you, if you come to City Hope enough, you know that I don't preach messages that are really a bunch of do's and don'ts. I don't like going there. I want the Holy Spirit to deal with you today. I want the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. 
But I, I think it's my role and my job every once in a while to just kind of nudge you, to kind of push you, right? If you could go back to the beginning of this year and listen to a message where I said the light is green. It's my job to beep, beep. Hey, come on. The light is green. Let's go. Let's go. No more excuses. Now, it's time to walk away from some things. And maybe for you, it's maybe, maybe what you need to walk away from is something on your phone or your computer. Or maybe it's... Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's um, prescription medications. That you, you started because you had, a, you had a, a surgery and you needed the pain meds, but you've been, keeping, you, you've been keeping them around. You're still taking them even though you don't need to. Now you're using it to medicate something else. And, and I'm just saying maybe it's time to walk away from that today in Jesus' name. For some of you, it might be a relationship that you need to walk away from. If I could talk to some of the young ladies in the room today, maybe it's a relationship with a young man who uh, you love each other, but honestly, he's causing you to compromise. He's causing you to, uh, he's dragging you down. You're going down some roads that you don't want to go down, and you're doing some things that you don't want to do. And I just, I just want to say, it's okay. I want to be the one to push you over the edge today. Just, you can right now just take out your phone and, and just text, text him. <laughs> And say, yes, I'm breaking up with you over text. <laughs> it's not me. It's definitely you. It's over, right? It's, it's, it's over. Sinned. Oh, but Pastor Ben, he loves God. And he loves me. But I would say, if he, does he love you or does he love what he can get from you? One, two, right? Just a boom, boom. <laughs> Does he love you or does he love what he can get out of you? It's time to walk away from some things, some relationships that are pulling you down. So, so uh, Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians, don't, don't be yoked together. And the word yoke there is a farm implement, okay? It's this, it's this uh, piece of equipment they would put on two oxen to, to harness their power, Right? And what, what Paul is saying is don't be yoked together with someone who is completely different than you because they're going to be pulling you in this direction that you, want, you don't want to go down. And they're going to keep pulling you in this direction and, and you're trying to fight back, but he says don't, don't even go there. Why? Because righteousness and wickedness have nothing in common. What, what do they have in common? Nothing. What fellowship can light have with darkness? It can't. What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? That, that's another word for wickedness. There, there is no harmony. Well, what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? They don't have anything in common. Well, well what agreement is there between the temple of God and, the, and idols? There is no agreement. Why? Because you are, we are the temple of the living God. He lives inside of us. Come on, somebody. He, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive in us. He dwells inside of us. We are the temple of God. And there's some things that we need to walk away from and hey, drop it like it's hot. Come on, just drop it and walk away from those things. Number three, the third thing we got to do if we're going to get out of the spiritual rut is fill the void. If you're taking notes, just jot that in there. Fill it. Fill the void. Fill the void. And the idea here is that you just you can't just stop doing something, but you've got to replace it with something better. You can't just stop doing the wrong things. Come on, you've got to find something better to put in its place. 
Can I get a witness from anybody here today? Yeah. You just got to do that. So um, I, if you grew up in a church like me, it was a little bit legalistic. And, and man, I tell you, I love my, my church and my upbringing, but man, there was a lot of, like, it always felt like everything was wrong, everything's a sin, there is no hope, and we're all going to hell, right? It just felt like that all the time. There's no hope for us. And, uh, and there was a lot of do's and don'ts and rules, and, and even the Bible college that I went to, uh, they had a couple rules in the dress code that just, they were foolish when I look back on them, but we, we couldn't wear we couldn't wear carpenter jeans back in the day. We couldn't wear carpenter jeans. And I never, I never understood why we couldn't wear carpenter jeans. And we weren't allowed to wear sandals to, to, to class. We couldn't wear sandals or carpenter jeans. And so one day, I guess there had been enough violations of the dress code. They decided they're going to have a talk with all the students. They broke up the girls on one side, the boys on another side. And they said, men, we've been seeing a lot of these carpenter jeans out there. And you know we don't wear them carpenter jeans. And there's this one guy in class, his name was Travis, and he, had, he has a lisp. And I'm telling you that because I'm going to imitate him, all right? But uh, no offense to anybody, but he, so he, he raises his hand and they say, yes, Travis. He says, what's wrong with jeans? I mean, what's wrong with carpenter jeans? Jesus was a carpenter. <laughs> and everybody laughed, except they laughed a lot harder than that, right? They just, ah. <laughs> And, and then they're like, well you, you, well, you can't be wearing these sandals out there. These sandals, you don't wear these sandals. And Yes, Travis, what's wrong with sandals? Jesus wore sandals. And he's right, Jesus wore sandals. Jesus, like, what was the big deal? And it was a bunch of rules and regulations and a bunch of all this stuff that really, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's not what Christianity is all about. Come on, somebody. So here's the thing. If you, don't, if you don't find a replacement for whatever it is that you've got in your life, you're going to keep going back to the same old thing. It reminds me of that, uh, this old-time preacher. Now, uh, I grew up in Tennessee in the southeast. We would say things like if a preacher was really preaching, the old-time people, they'd say, boy, he's sure enough shucking that corn. And I don't know what that even means, to shuck corn I don't even know what it means, but boy, he's shucking that corn in there today. And I'll tell you what. Well, we, we were, uh, we have, there's a story of an old guy, old preacher. He was shucking that corn. He was preaching and he said, oh, if I had all the wine in the world, I'd take it out yonder and I'd throw it down in the river. And if I had all the whiskey in the world, I'd take it and I'd throw it down in that river. And if I had all the beer and the booze in the world, I'd take it down there and I'd throw it in the river. And he preached, man, he preached shucking that corn. And after a while, he wrapped up, and the, the, the music minister came back up, and he said, all right, let's turn to page 423, shall we gather at the river? <laughs> uh-huh. Let's go, let's go down to the river to pray, studying about the good old lay. So what, what, what's the problem? If you, don't, if you don't find something better to replace it with, you're going to want to keep going back to the same old things, right? So we got to fill the void. And if you're serious about filling the void, I want to give you four things today. No more excuses. No more, like we're walking away, we're making the break from, from some old habits, some old things. We're going to fill the void. Here's four ways that you can fill the void. Number one is really it's where it all begins. Give your life to Jesus. And I'm not even talking about salvation today. I'm talking about give everything you've got to him. 
Like the old-timey preachers, they would say he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Like he, he, he can't just be on your list somewhere like Jesus is a thing on your list. No, he is at the top of your list or he's not on your list. He's, he's, he's the number one. He's, he's, the, he's everything to you. Give everything and ev- everyone to Jesus. So what, what does that look like? How do, we, how do we give it all to Jesus? Um, what, what would it, let me ask it this way. What would it look like if, if we fell in love with Jesus? Because I think what happens in Christianity a lot is that we, we treat Jesus and we treat the church like, like this get out of hell free card. It's fire insurance. Whew, thank you, Jesus, I'm not going to hell anymore, Right? Now, where, how far can I go without it being sin? And that's the way we think a lot of times. We gotta change our mindset and say, how, how far can I get away from it? I don't even wanna get close to that stuff anymore. I don't even wanna, I don't even wanna give it a foothold in my life anymore. I, I, want, I want Jesus to be the number one thing. I wanna give everything. What would it look like if we fell in love with Jesus? And I'm talking about when we worshiped God in a church atmosphere like this, where we didn't just mouth the words but we sang the words with our whole heart there's nothing that our god can do there's not a mountain that he can move where we just begin to like believe what we're singing oh praise the name that makes a way there's nothing that our god can do where we just like lift up our hands and we just get lost in his presence kind of like a football game kind of like a sporting event. Why, why is it so easy for us to get lost in sports and in football? I think it's because we give our life to it. I mean, we talk about it all week long. We, we're looking at apps that feed us information on the, the most current things going on with our team. We buy tickets to ball games and we drive hundreds of miles to watch our favorite team. We, we park miles away from the stadium and arrive hours before to go watch people who don't even know our name. We buy their jerseys. We do all of this stuff in the, in the name of something that we love and we sell ourselves out to it and we get the full experience. Hey, can I just say, what if we, what if we sold ourselves out to Jesus? Come on, let's get the full experience of Jesus today. Anybody with me today? Let's just get the full experience of everything that he has to offer. Um, Ephesians 5, Paul says it this way. Don't get drunk on wine. And I don't, I don't want you to get hung up on the word that I've, I've got underlined here because it's, it's wine, but it could be any, it, it's your thing, okay? It's your thing that you know if it, if it got better in your life, your life would get better. Whatever that is for you, if it's lust, if it's control, greed, whatever, don't get drunk on it. Don't be, don't be so sold out to that thing. Don't give your life to that thing because it will lead you to debauchery. Debauchery just means that it's gonna lead you to indulge in your senses, to just do whatever feels good, to just go however you wanna go. Oh, if it feels good, do it. And he says, instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the presence of God. So we gotta give our life to God. Number two, we gotta get in a small group. Get in a small group. And these are things that you're gonna hear us preach about all the time if you're new to church. We talk about know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. Like it's our vision, so we constantly talk about it. But really, a small group is where the life change really begins to happen. We say that life change doesn't happen in rows, 
It happens in circles. It happens when you're around the coffee table. It happens when you're in somebody's living room and where you're, you're really beginning to open up about some things because you can't fix your issues by yourself. And that's what a lot of the Christian world's trying to do. I, I got this. I can handle this. And the enemy, the devil, tricks you into believing that you can handle it on your own, but that you can't. Proverbs says it this way. Proverbs 28 says, whoever conceals their sins, whoever thinks, I got this, I can handle it, I don't need any help, you don't prosper that way. You're not gonna grow, you're not gonna mature in your walk with Christ. But the one who confesses and renounces their sins finds mercy. Can I tell you, I'm so happy that I have some pastors in my life that I can confess and renounce some things to. And when I do, I find mercy there. And I'm gonna tell you this, when you get in a small group, what's gonna happen? When you begin to, when you begin to take off your mask, you're gonna find mercy. You're gonna find somebody, you're gonna find the power of a me too. I've been there. I, I used to struggle with the same thing and there's gonna be somebody to help you with that. See, we don't, we're, we don't tell you to get in a small group because we need you to read your Bible more or we need you to go through another lesson. We want you to get in a small group because we want you to have a friend. We want you to have somebody you can lean on. We want you to have somebody that you can say, I'm struggling, where you can take off the mask and you can get real with somebody and you can say, hey, look, I, I gotta tell you something. I, I travel out of town every week and every week, I'm tempted at night, and I would just appreciate it if you'd call me, if you'd, if you'd hold me accountable. Oh, man, I'd be glad to. It, it, a friend is somebody, a small group provides somebody where, where you can take off the mask and you say, hey, can I tell you something? You know, last year I had surgery, and I started taking this medication, and, and uh, I've never stopped, and it's affecting my life. I just, I need somebody to hold me accountable. I need somebody to, to lift me up. I got you. And that's what you're gonna get out of that. It's the power of some, somebody in your life to just say, I've got you. I'm, I'm there for you because uh, James 5, 16 says it this way, that when you confess your sins to each other and when you pray for each other, that's when you're gonna be healed. You do that so you can be healed. You confess your sins to God for forgiveness, but you confess them to somebody else for healing. Come on, somebody. That's good news right there. It's time to, which by the way, small groups begin in three weeks from today. June 6th, we kick off our, our summer small group semester. And there is, like, I, I don't want there to be, we're talking about cutting the excuses. It's time to get in a group. It's a short six-week semester. We don't take up your whole summer. I'm leading a group. That's specifically for men. You'll be able to find out more information on that uh, as we get closer to launch. But I think we just need to get together. And coming out of a season of COVID, of, of isolation and separation and distancing, I think it's more important now than ever to start to come back together and build friendships and relationships. Come on, in the name of Jesus, because we need that in our lives. Need it. So the third thing that we've got to do, the third step to fill the void is find your purpose. Find your purpose. Find why God created you. Find why he created you. Uh, and, and the way we like to say it is we, we don't, I don't think, um, I'll say it this way. The best way for you to solve your problems is not to solve your problems. It's to find something bigger than your problems. I mean, you solve your problems, that's great. 
But remember, if you don't fill it with anything, you're going to want to go right back to it. You've got to find something bigger than your problems. You've got to find purpose. And the happiest people I know are not the people with no problems. They're the people who have purpose. They're the people who have something to live for. They're the people that have something worth dying for in their lives. They believe in it so much that it looks like this, Acts chapter 20. They believe in it so much that their life is worth nothing unless it's finishing the work that Jesus has given them. All I care about is just doing what he's called me to do, living my life to make a difference in the world. And that's number four. If you're gonna fill the void, you've gotta live your life for the good of people around you. And the danger for us is to get so tunnel vision, so focused on us, on me, on what I want, on what I need, on the things that, that benefit me the most. Well, what about me? What about what I want? And, and that's just not the Christian way, really. The Christian way is take your eyes off and look to somebody else who needs something that you can benefit their life, that you can add value to their lives. You live for the good of others. And, and Peter says it this way in 1 Peter 4, 10. Each one of us should use whatever gifts we've received to serve others. You've been given a gift. You've been, you've been given a purpose. And it's time, it's time to serve it. It's time to live it out. Watched Forrest Gump yesterday. <laughs> It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. It was on TV. A two-hour movie took four hours to watch because the commercials, you know what I'm talking about? It's just one of the things Forrest talks about is, is destiny. What's my destiny? Come on, you have a destiny. You have a, God, God's given you a purpose. There is something that you were born and created to do, and it's time for you to discover that. It's time for you to go to growth track. It's time for you to cut the excuses and say, okay, I'm, I'm gonna go to growth track. I'm gonna discover why God created me. I wanna know why I'm on this earth. And the way we like to say it is this way, that if you'll give God a year, if you'll give us a year, if, if you'll come to City Hope, if you'll do the prescription, if you'll run the place, if you'll take the playbook that we've given you today, and if you'll go through growth track, if you'll get on the dream team, go through small groups, if you'll do these things, I promise you, a year from now, you will look back on your life and you will go, I can't even believe that was me. I can't even believe I was there at that time. Come on, if you believe that, come on, if you believe it, let's thank God for the power of life change, for the power of getting out of a rut. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me today? Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence. Lord, uh, I think every one of us, if we're honest and with ourselves and with others, we would say, that the spiritual rut seems to be cyclical, like it comes around every so often. We do, we do good for a while, and then we find ourselves in a rut. And maybe we get victory over that thing, but then there's another area that we, we just keep, we keep finding ourselves in this, in this rut. And Lord, I'm just asking for breakthrough today on behalf of every person who really just wants to be free. They want to get out of the spiritual humdrum, the the... This, the existence of just the norm that has become this, this spiritual breakdown for them, this rut that they're in. So today, Father, I pray for a breakthrough. With your heads bowed, if you're here today and you say, Ben, I'm, 
I need breakthrough today. I'm in a rut, and I want, I want to get out. I want, I want to be victorious. I, I, I'm, I'm ready to cut the excuses. I'm ready to take the plunge. I'm ready to walk away from some things, to fill the void. I'm ready to give everything I've got to Jesus. I'm ready today. I, I want out of this rut. I want you to pray for me, Pastor Ben. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand all over the place? Slip up your hand. Thank you. God bless you. Hands are up everywhere. Anybody else say, that's me. I'm in a rut. I'm just ready to get out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I'm, I, I want to I change. I want to change. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. For every hand lifted, Lord, I pray for every person who would just acknowledge they're in, they're in this, this moment. This, it's kind of a drag for them, Lord. It's, it's, it, it, it's difficult. They're stuck in this position where they want, they want, to, they want to grow. They want to change. They want, they want to do what you've called them to do. They want to give everything to you. They want to cut the excuses. But Lord, there's something that keeps pulling them off course. Today, in the name of Jesus, I pray for breakthrough over every one of those people. Lord, I pray that you would give them the ability to cut the excuses. No more reasons why I can't do this or, or an excuse for why I did that. Lord, no more excuses. We're walking away. We're making the break from some things that have been leading us astray. Things that have been, maybe they're not even bad or wrong or immoral or unethical, but they are definitely things that pull us away from you. God, I'm praying for breakthrough over those things. I pray right now that, that you'd be able to, that they can fill the void today, not with just more stuff but the the right things God that they would fill their lives with things that are edifying things that draw them closer to you that they would fill their life with you Lord that they would begin to worship like they've never worshiped before that they would begin to praise you and and serve you and take the next steps to to not just to not just be a Christian casually but to really go all the way with you father God I pray for for those who are they need a friend, they need a small group, they need somebody that they can be real with. I'm praying that you would lead them to the right place. For every person here who needs purpose, God, you're so ready to, to give that to them. You're so ready to show it, and I pray that you'd reveal it in Jesus' name. And with your head still bowed, if you're here today, and, and honestly for you, maybe you're watching online, uh, you're far from God and you don't have a relationship with God. Like you, your excuse is maybe you don't believe in God. Maybe you think it's a crock, right? This is, this is just a bunch of bull. I can't change your mind on that, and I'm not going to try to change your mind on that, but I would ask the Holy Spirit to change your heart. Soften your heart today. Maybe you're far from Him, and your next step today is to, to go all the way with Jesus. To, to go into a life-giving relationship with Jesus, 100% all in with Jesus. Give your life to Him. And if that's you, I want to lead you in a prayer. But I need you to respond. I need you to acknowledge that you need Jesus today. And if you're ready to give your life completely to Him, to let Him be the Lord of your life, the Savior of your life, to lead you and guide you, I want, to, I want you to respond. If that's you, on the count of three, just slip up your hand. One, two, three. Three, I'm ready to go all the way, Jesus. Thank you, thank you. Who else? I'm ready to go all in with Jesus. No, no more excuses. No more reasons why I can't. Thank you, thank you. Who else? Thank you very much. Thank you. Anybody else? Six or so hands up already. Anyone else who say, that's me? God bless you. Anybody up, up, up top? Amen.
Amen. Come on, let's all together, let's say this prayer for those six people who've raised their hands today. Say, Jesus, I give my life to you. Will you forgive me? Cleanse me. Purify me. Give me a fresh start. A new beginning. I choose to serve you. You're my Lord, my Savior, my best friend. I will do what you've called me to do. And from this day forward, I will live for you the best that I know how. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's thank God today. Let's thank God for salvation, for for life change in this place. Yeah.